0: Hey, ladies, you know what time it is. It's breakthrough time, and I am here to bring you messages of personal stories, exclusive one-on-one interviews with industry professionals, female leaders, entrepreneurs. If you're ready to break through every obstacle, overcome self-doubt, increase confidence, develop a positive mindset, hit subscribe, and let's break through together. Today's guest is Gina Mellish. She is the reigning Miss New Jersey USA 2020. She is an advocate against dating violence and she is a survivor of relationship abuse as a teen. She now serves as a workshop facilitator for One Love Foundation and so much more, but I am so excited that you're here today, Gina, and congratulations first and foremost on the title of Miss New Jersey USA.
1: Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I feel like I won ages ago, but that's okay. I'll take it forever.
0: (laughs) I know, right? In the midst of craziness and coronavirus, but hopefully the pageant is coming up soon, but still to be determined, right? Fingers crossed. Yes. So tell me a little bit about your pageant journey, first of all, before we start diving into really what you stand for as Miss New Jersey USA. So it's actually really funny.
1: I came across pageantry very organically. Um, I was a big tomboy growing up. I was into sports and I played volleyball. And the captain of my volleyball team when I was a sophomore in high school got crowned Miss New Jersey Teen USA. And I was like, how the heck did you become like a princess? This is every girl's dream. Like I need the secrets. Um, but she was incredible. She was a huge inspiration of mine. I looked up to her, not just as a captain, but as a woman, just growing into womanhood. She was achieving her goals. And like, even just in high school, she was amazing. And so I wanted to try that. So I went out, I was 15, competed for Miss New Jersey Teen USA and got third runner up. And I literally signed up for the next, like the following year, the day after the pageant. I was like, mom, I'm doing this. I love like that they helped you pursue your philanthropic goals, your career goals. Like, I just love the women. I'm down. And so I ended up winning the next year. And it was incredible. Um, I just, I fell in love with the Miss Universe organization. And also just the girls, like the camaraderie of, I, I know you know this as a former <laughs> title holder. Like the girls are incredible. And um, this is my first time competing for Miss. So this was a huge busting and I was definitely surprised, um, but it's been amazing, even in quarantine, like there's just so many
0: opportunities
1: and I just, you know, it's been a short ride, but the best ride ever.
0: <laughs> yes, and you did say something in there too that I really love and that com- that camaraderie of the pageantry girls, you know. Mm-hmm. It is a sisterhood. A lot of girls, I'll never forget when I was at Miss USA, they're like, I'm looking for my bridesmaids. Yes. And I'm like, I'm not looking for my bridesmaids. I'm looking for the dang crown. Like, that's what I was looking for. But what came out of it were lifelong friendships. And it really is a sisterhood. And, you know, once you get to Miss USA, you'll see even more so. It's just like, you surround yourself with these like-minded women and you just yeah. immediately feel so powerful. Like you're all just gonna go conquer the world together. Yeah. And your story is really cool because you were you had the experience of Miss Teen USA yes. and then now you're going to have the experience of Miss USA, which is yes. absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah, and it's so funny you say that because I always say, Literally, word for word, the thing that you just said it's the like minded women Mm -hmm. because I feel like having that community of women and that are ambitious that strive for their goals it's hard to come by, but when it does, it's so powerful. And like Delaware, Katie, she's literally my best friend, and so we're so excited to just do Miss USA together. Like, I already found my bridesmaids so (laughs) yeah, I need a husband first, but the bridesmaid is
0: checked off. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, at least you gotta have to line up first and then you'll find the right one. do it backwards a little bit when it comes to pageant girls but we'll find the one (laughs) it's fine (laughs) so i i want to dive into really what you're doing as a title holder because i know this is going to help so many women you know when i reached out to you well first of all we were connected of course through shandy and susie with pageantology and they're just dear friends of mine and they were my coaches as well but we got connected and they were like you guys have to connect and meet up because you know, part of what you stand for as a title holder and just a person in general, um, I've had experience with as well. And so, when I reached out to you, it was like, okay, we have to talk. Like, we have to. I've never, you know, really publicly talked about anything um, with, you know, dating abuse and and that sort of nature. Um, but when when I saw that's what your platform, so to speak, we don't have platforms in USA, but platform, so to speak, is. Um, I was like, you know what? Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time because there's a lot of girls that. That need to hear your voice and your message. So, if you don't mind, can you just jump into a little bit about what you do as Miss New Jersey USA and what you stand for?
1: Yeah. Well, I think just touching upon the facts that the the statistics are really crazy. It's one in three women and one in four men, which is very, very crazy to me. And the for what specifically? Relationship abuse, just general. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. To me, that's that's a lot, a lot of women. And what I wanted to do as Miss New Jersey was really get out there that even as Gina, is just get out there that relationship abuse doesn't discriminate and it can happen to you. One in three women is so many, so many women. Mm -hmm. And so that was my first mission is saying, you know, hi, like this happened to me and Mm -hmm. it's okay. There's no stigma around being a victim there's no negative connotation it's okay to say that it happened to you Mm -hmm. but it what i wanted to do past that was say here's how you can avoid this happening to you and so now um I work with the One Love Foundation, which is actually the foundation that really, I think, saved my life. Um, And I teach the same workshop that I sat in on when I was in my abusive relationship. So it's a big like 180 for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so basically what I do is empower and educate people on the signs of relationship abuse and how to identify them and avoid them. Um, because, and this is something that one love always says, but I love to say it cause it's so true is we're taught so many things in life, but we're not taught how to love. And that's like one of the oh. biggest things in our life. Um, but we're not, there's like no roadback, back. There's no how to, um, so we're not taught like what's unhealthy and what's, what's healthy. It's just right. like what the movies or what you see with your parents and, you know, with your friends, yeah. um, So relationship education is not things that we have grown up on. So that's something that I really love to share with people and just letting them know that there is no negative connotation to being a victim and that you're more survivor than a victim of anything.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I like what you say there too. You know, a lot of times you can play this sort of victim role, Mm -hmm. this victim card a lot of times, but you know, when you, when you take responsibility for what happened for your actions, what you can do to heal, number one, and what you can do to, you know, empower others and help them in their situation now and give back. That's when the change really happens. And so can you explain a little bit of your background as far as like, you know, in your sorority, I read up a little bit on that, yes. on that one article. Um, tell that background story a little bit.
1: Yep. So, um, I entered our relationship when I was 16 years old Mm -hmm. and it was seemingly like normal at first. Um, things escalated quickly, but I just kind of thought like, oh, like that's normal. We were in love. Um, but I was 16, so I didn't really know any better. Mm -hmm. Um, and so things escalated, um, Emotional abuse started to come into play, and then I moved off to college, and my partner had transferred schools to follow me to my college, and I wasn't really sure how to feel about that. It's kind of you know weird. You really think when you go to college that you're gonna be like be your own person and find yeah. yourself, and you know that whole thing. Yeah. Um, and so I experienced a lot of isolation. It was really hard for me to make friends. Um, it was hard for me to really do anything for myself because I had my partner. Pretty much isolating me from everything else, um, so I decided to go out for a sorority because I feel like what is more empowering than finding a group of girls, right? Yeah. And I had that with pageantry, but I I wanted that again, um, so I went out for a sorority, and I loved it. The girls are amazing, and so I started really diving into like sisterly duties. I was you know going out with the girls. I was doing. Um, you know, our events, our philanthropy, and one of the events we had to go to was a One Love workshop. And we were told, like, last minute, I almost didn't go. It's like rushed from the other side of campus. I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> yeah. And I sat down, like, in the back row, and I swear, like, the whole time I had to muffle my tears because for the first time, it was like someone understands me and knows what I'm going through. And I, I didn't even know what I was going through. Mm -hmm. It was like, I knew something fell off in my gut, but I always thought that like domestic violence couldn't happen to me because that's such a strong word. But it was, you know, once it started to get physical, I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know that. I feel like we always say it can always happen to someone else, but it's not me. Right. Um, But it can happen to you. And you you
0: never want to say that you are a victim of abuse of any sort, whether it is emotional or physical. It's, I, I mean, you never want to say that, and I think that's one of the reasons why I don't, you know, really even speak too much about that is because I don't. I still, to me, it's just like I want to take control of my actions, and I will help people, who, you know, who who reach out and um, who right. I see need my guidance and help in that area. But, but yeah, sorry, continue there.
1: No, 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 it's okay. And um, one love just really had a way of this community and this sense of love because of the fact that it was founded by a mom who lost her daughter just a few weeks before she was going to graduate college. Her ex-boyfriend actually killed her. And her mom had no idea that she was going through this. And so I was like, I don't want to be that girl and if this is a reality for me, and this is something I'm going through, because all the signs matched up, I sat in the background and was checking all these boxes, like, this is happening to me, this is happening to me, this is happening to me, like, what's next? Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be the girl to say that I was going through that, but I was. Right. Um, and so one love was really amazing at just being there as a community and making a safe plan for me that was good, you know, to my personal relationship um, and just an incredible community. So I feel blessed now to be able to really flip my life 180 and now do that relationship workshop for other
0: people. That's so cool because you're totally giving back now on one of the biggest, you know, heartaches and hardships of your life. And you're using it now as the biggest blessing for other yeah. people's lives and helping them get through, so that it's absolutely amazing so were you doing you were doing this before you were actually crowned as well, weren't you?
1: Yes, yeah, so it's been about two and a half years now um so yeah i I this was something I wanted to do as Gina, like I really was right. just like this is something I wanted people to know that you know, even as a former Miss New Jersey Teen USA, like it doesn't discriminate. And so when I got crowned Miss New Jersey USA, I was so excited because I was like, this is just going to expand my reach and amount of girls that I can help. And I can't even tell you just the amount of messages I get, like I've been through this too. And I never would have thought that that would happen. I mean, even with us, like that's something that I never thought, but the statistics are real. Like they're not just numbers so that it's been amazing being able to just expand my reach to so many more women and men.
0: Right. Yeah. It happens to both. And I think that's really important to note there too. So you mentioned you were in the back row, checking all the boxes, like this was happening to you. What were those boxes? Like what are some of the signs of relationship abuse?
1: So something that was really prevalent in my personal relationship, like I said, was isolation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my partner was going to the same college as me. And so it was really hard for me at a point I was being even isolated from my family. And so when an abuser isolates you from the people that are caring most about you it's normally so that they don't see the signs that are unhealthy in your relationship um manipulation was a huge thing i was experiencing um belittling and sabotage or some of the other like unhealthy signs um that we talk about you know if you're abuser sometimes they spread rumors about you like things like that that are they seem very minuscule especially with social media there are so many things that we seem to accept now that are not acceptable Right. Um, and I think it's just important to understand that these standards that we have are important and to not lower them to other things that might be going on, whether it be in media or social media or that access. Um, so those were just a few things that I experienced among pretty much everything else. Right. Um, but Intensity is a huge um, factor as well, because sometimes it gets confused with like falling in love quickly. So, you know, when I started off my relationship, I was like, wow, I'm 16 and someone's so in love with me. Like, this is so cool. (laughs) Um, But in actuality, it was just like such intense infatuation and an obsession that it became very unhealthy. Um, And so that's another thing that I love to talk about because of course, it's important when you start dating someone to want to spend time with them and get to know them, like, of course. Um, But there are boundaries that you need to set as a woman and that's not something negative. Like that's more than anything empowering to set those boundaries.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the things I want to talk about too, is because when I was going through something very similar to this, I always thought when I heard the word abuse, relationship abuse, I always said it meant physical, Mm -hmm. but you know, I, I soon found out that there is also the emotional abuse, which can be almost just as bad because it's really messing with your, your brain, you know? Um, so can you touch a little bit on the different signs of each of those physical, maybe a little bit more obvious but as far as like emotional?
1: Yeah. So I completely agree with you. I had grown up thinking that relationship abuse was just physical, um, because you know, it's labeled quote unquote domestic violence. And when we think violence, we think physical. So that was another thing that we're just not taught to recognize. Um, But relationship abuse can show its face in many forms, which is obviously physical, emotional, and also financial abuse that people don't think about. But when people are withholding money from you, that is a form of financial abuse. Um, But emotional abuse, I personally think, is most prevalent in a lot of relationships but we don't think of it because again, we're not taught it. So emotional abuse is really all of those things that I mentioned before between isolation, sabotage, belittling, um, intensity, deflecting responsibility is a huge um, emotional form of abuse. You have a responsibility in a relationship, not just to yourself, but to the other person. And so you can't make excuses for your own actions. And that's, you know, another thing that, I love to tell survivors is that you know it's never your fault for that how the other person is reacting um guilting is a huge thing also gaslighting i'm not sure yeah. if you're familiar with that term i didn't know what that was until you know working with one love but we we get manipulated mentally to think that it's our fault for the way that our partner is treating us and it's not um And also volatility. So when you feel like you need to walk on eggshells constantly around someone, that is a huge, huge red flag. Like when you are in a relationship with someone and they truly are trustworthy and honest and caring, that's not something that you need to worry about. You can be 100% candid and yourself around that person without fearing that they're going to judge you. Um, So that's a huge, huge thing as well as volatility.
0: Yeah. And it really is like the whole gaslighting thing is so real. And it's like, you could know that you're in an unhealthy situation because, you know, you could be crying every single day and knowing like, okay, this is not me. Your confidence could be way up here. And then you get in this relationship and your confidence goes right to the ground and you just totally lost who you were. And you're just trying to, you know, it's not right, but you're getting manipulated into this situation. And, you know, it's hard to get out, you know, I mean, you have we both experienced it and it's so hard to get out. So if there's any, any men or women um, listening right now, and they're like, wow, this is kind of sounding like something that I'm in right now. What would you say is like kind of the first few steps that they can take to get out of an unhealthy situation?
1: Well, I think definitely not blaming yourself because it takes people on average seven times to leave their abusive relationships. I know for me, it took, seven times and it's you know my partner actually moving to the other side of the country for you know things to like really really change um and so be patient and kind to yourself like again it's not your fault um but seek a community of survivors like that was for me what helped me and every single relationship is unique and different just like every friendship or you know relationship with your family is different so there's no like play by play on how to get out but i think honestly um just accepting the things that you're feeling like accept the feelings that you're feeling there's a lot of i would say i dealt with denial of what I was going through. And so my first step was accepting, okay, I am in an unhealthy relationship. And even if that's what you have to say instead of relationship abuse or domestic violence, like if that's what you have to say for you to kind of realize and understand, then say that, you know, because it's different than labeling yourself as a victim. I think it's more of just understanding and reaching out and knowing that we're all worthy of a healthy love. And that we're all like deserving of that instead of, you know, the unhealthy walking on eggshells type of relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think those type of relationships too, you know, oftentimes we think, oh, well, maybe we can change them. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they'll change. And then it's like, okay, you can have this nice little, I would have four hour talks. Yeah. And then it'd be like, oh, oh my gosh, he saw the light of day. Like, yes, yeah, is gonna change. And then what happens? It's that same roller coaster effect. You go right back into it. Um, And so I think it's also important to note too, like, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, wow, this is a situation that you're currently in um, it, just know that you can't change somebody, you know, Mm -hmm. they have to be willing to make the change. And, and a lot of times it's the wiring um, in that human being. And unfortunately, sometimes when it's, when it is this abuse, it's so deep that, um, you know, it's out of your control. And so just to, you know, for me, it was the exit plan, like creating Mm -hmm. some sort of exit plan and. It started with a therapist, actually. So, whatever that looks like for everyone listening, it's like, you know, everybody's route is different. Like, some people might just be able to poof, go. <laughs> like you and I, Gina, That would be nice. About seven <laughs> times. Like, I don't know how I, yeah. So, um, that's a really interesting statistic, though, is seven yeah. times. I never knew that. It's crazy because it just makes it feel more relatable
1: and it makes it feel more understanding because I think it's something that's very hard to relate to when you think of quote-unquote domestic violence um but kind of symbolizing it and I think having empathy honestly to yourself like being kind to yourself it, it makes it a lot easier to understand
0: yeah, give yourself some grace there for sure and yes. You know, when I was in in that relationship, it was like, man, I just wish I wish I could have heard this podcast right now. You know, <laughs> because sometimes when you're in the situation, no matter if it's this or something else in a in a bad situation, you oftentimes feel alone or you're doubting yourself and you're like, "Wait, no, I'm just overreacting."
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's how it makes you. And feel. I I think also um you know, there's It's very hard to hear that, that you know this is something that you're going through. And like I said, I dealt with a lot of denial and my friends knew there was something wrong as well, Um, but the isolation factor was so strong that it was so hard for me to get help. So I feel like also if there's anyone listening and you know someone that you love that's going through this, just support them and try to be there for them and try to help them see the unhealthy signs, like focus on the unhealthy signs and not their partner because I think sometimes a lot of people will say, like, oh, he's no good or he's toxic or he's abusive. And at the end of the day, we're in the relationship because we love that person and right. we, you know, we care about them. And that's why we're not leaving, yeah. even though yeah. it is so hard. So mm-hmm. sometimes when, you know, friends, they go to someone that they love that's experiencing this, they might, although their attention is loving, approach it in the way that actually puts a wedge between you and your friends because at the end of the day they are with someone that they love and they're comfortable with and that's a huge part of why they say that's a huge part of why i see because they really thought that i loved that person and i was so comfortable we were together for three years you know he knew everything about me Um, so, you know, if you know someone that's in an abusive relationship and you really want to help them out, just focus on the the signs that are unhealthy and the things that they're feeling. Like if they're feeling, you know, insecure, they're feeling like they're going through something like focus on that, because I feel like that is the best way to attack the situation without isolating them even more.
0: Absolutely. And so, you know, you, you did say, you know, some of the signs that, you know, to look for, and then also what to do, like how to, you know, remove yourself from that unhealthy situation. Now, Mm -hmm. of course, there's, you remove yourself, but then it's like, okay, now we have a whole nother challenge here and that's the healing process. Yeah. So, you know, for you, you've of course gone through a lot of the healing process just to be able to talk about it now, you know? Um, And so what does that, once they're out of this unhealthy situation, what does that healing process and like different resources look like?
1: Uh, I went through phases. I went through this didn't happen to me to I'm okay to I went to a therapist twice. I tried two different ones. (laughs) And you know, I really wanted it to work for me. And I sat there and I talked the entire time. But at the end of the day, the only person that could heal me was me. And that was just my personality and who I was. I'm a Pisces. So I'm very like intuitive and like in my own head. So I'm the only person that could do that for me. And it was just talking about it and accepting the things that I went through. And once I started sharing my story and the words were coming out of my mouth, and then I was like, wait, I'm actually reaching people. Like people also went through this. That's what shocked me. And that's how I like really got into the community of survivors. And some of my best friends are girls who actually went through the same thing and that are like, yeah, girl, me too. Like I went through this and that's powerful. Like women are powerful beings and it's just really amazing to see that. And I think that truly heals me, but I think I'm continuing to heal every time I share my story. It's nothing that goes away. I mean, I go back every time I, you know, host these workshops, I relive those moments. But to me, that's important for me because that's when I'm reliving that I'm also helping people so that they don't live that. So that's, you know, that's something that is, really important to me and that i continue to heal from every day and i don't think it's something that i'll ever write off because it's a part of who i am and that you know makes me ambitious and passionate Mm -hmm. um but there there is an amazing community of people and so i would say that's what worked the best for me was reaching out and just kind of finding those like-minded people
0: Yeah. Definitely surrounding yourself with people who are building you up, who are supporting you. And that's really the purpose of our conversation today is, you know, kind of getting that awareness out there where it's like, Hey, this has happened to us, you know, and you are just taking it to a whole nother level on a platform at Miss USA. And I can't wait for you to compete at Miss USA and just spread this throughout, because there are more people out there that can, that need this message than I think you even realize, you know, it's like, People have experiences, but like I said, people feel alone, especially when it has a negative connotation to it. A lot of people don't want to speak up or admit to it um, that something like that's happened to them. But it's such a blessing, and you're doing such an amazing thing in in the world that this message – it needs to go on Good Morning America. Is more <laughs> than go. Well, sign me so, up. <laughs> Robin up. Roberts, where <laughs> are you? Michael Strahan, we'll call him up. But no, it really does because it's it's definitely one of those topics where it it needs spread. It happens to men and women, both. It's not just women. Um, mm-hmm. And just to to get the message out that they're not by themselves and that mm-hmm. it's kind of an aha moment to hear something like this and be like, oh wow. It's just an eye opener because you can sometimes be, you know, fogged over and you have your blinders on and your heart's yeah. just in it and, and your mind isn't. And so, um, this is just so awesome. And I love, love, love what you're doing, Gina. You. Um, and I can't wait for you to compete at Miss USA <laughs> Thank you. On, a, on a little bit lighter note on, you know, <laughs> what are you most excited about for Miss USA? Because it's hopefully cross our fingers right around the corner.
1: Um, oh my God. What am I most excited for? I feel like I grew up, like not grew up. Cause I, I mean, I started having when I was 15, but like from 15 to now 21, like I have idolized the women that grazed the stage before me. So I feel like even just being there is the biggest honor in itself that I get to share the stage with like these incredible women. So I'm just excited to go. Um but I I think it's so crazy because I just like the girls growing up were like celebrities to me. Like the title holders were like the women that I aspired to be and I idolized that. Like they were my Kardashians. Okay. So like to be able to share the stage with women that have come before me is just like I'm really excited. Like I still can't believe it's happening. So I'm just excited
0: to go to be honest, yeah, and soak up the opportunity. You know, like when I went yeah. to USA, it was one of those things where, of course I was going to win. Like, that's what I, you know, I wanted to have a bigger platform for, you know, what I was speaking on at that point too. And it, yeah, that's what I wanted. But then when I went there, we're just like, okay, you have 10 days when yeah. you know, two weeks, whatever it ends up being. And it's like, soak up the opportunity. One girl's going to win. And no matter what, like go in there, have the time of your life, you're getting escorted everywhere. And you're like, wait, is this me? Like I, I was just a small town girl from Iowa originally, you know, and it was just like, wait, this is so cool. Like, it's just an opportunity of a lifetime and soak it up, you know, make the bestest friends that you possibly can and just enjoy the spotlight because you deserve it, girl.
1: Thank you so much. You're amazing. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. And go let your light shine. You got it. Thank (laughs) you. Thanks for listening to It's Breakthrough Time Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends on social media, subscribe and review on iTunes. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thanks for listening. Until next time, be unstoppable.